With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, weekend editions here at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Mark Cranach is on assignment this weekend. That assignment being a wonderful father. Volleyball time for the Cranach family. So he is rocking a little volleyball tournament this morning. We'll get you through and excited to, to spend some time this morning on uh, just what a what a marathon last night was for Nebraska baseball, and they get the W, man, eight to six. Never a dull moment. Looked a little bleak. Looked a little comfortable. Then got a little tight. It's waiting for Mitch Williams to show up, man. But wow, uh, what a job by Nebraska baseball. Plenty of reaction and thoughts on Friday Night Lights. Some local products making you go wow. And was checking Twitter. Uh, last night had a baseball game for junior out in Seward so we got back and uh, kind of nestled in in, in uh, Timmy B's uh, little soiree wonderful little deck he has uh, in the neighborhood kind of watch party we were at he had the tiki torches going so it was not feeding on Schmidt last night not that it was bad bug wise but anywho I uh, just got to, to watch Nebraska close things out and then kind of check in on how Friday Night Lights went. And Nebraska, specifically, uh, just some of the, the local talent, Elijah. There's a lot of kids that got to uh, showcase themselves from uh, the uh, the great uh, state of Nebraska between Lincoln and Grand Island. And some Omaha kids were down. Of course, the, the visitors that were able to be uh, getting FaceTime were, uh, were on our mind all week. But... Oh yeah, there was there was a camp going on, and uh, a lot of kids uh, made some special plays in some workouts in front of the coaches. So, uh, a good uh, night to to be had by all. Numbers to get in can dial us up this morning four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five. 5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, we'll also uh, encourage you to follow Hale Varsity at Hale Varsity at ESPN Lincoln. Both those Twitter handles. The moment that changed everything last night, Cam Chick at the dish. Fly ball right field. Dupree going back. Dupree looking up. And this one is gone. Goodbye and hello. Hello, momentum. Hello, energy. Hello, that shot in the arm Nebraska baseball had to have. They were down four, rip. And then uh, it was four to three. 
Elijah, you were at a, uh, a wedding and then a reception last night. I need to ask, did you uh, enjoy yourself? You looked very nice. You had the, the dark suit on. Uh, it was a beautiful evening. Uh, how did how did the reception compare to this drama known as regional baseball? I mean, they serve steak at the reception, so can't can't ever complain about that. Wow. I had a good time, yeah. Well, good. Yeah, um, we did have the Husker baseball game pulled up, maybe allegedly. How did the bride feel about that? I mean, she was cool with it. Let's be honest. Let's okay. Be honest. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but we had it pulled up, and I stopped watching as soon as we reached four nothing. And then whenever I pulled up my phone to check again, it was th- four to four at that point. It was uh, just the sacrifice fly just happened. So I missed out on all the good, exciting stuff. Um, but I determined that it was probably my fault whenever I was watching. That's whenever we were losing. So, so you took one for the team, took one for you the took team, one for the team last night. It was Elijah. That was the bad luck, the bad juju. And you, you stayed away. So the thing that was interesting Last night is, all right, what do we know about Northeastern? Well, all week long, we heard about how good of thieves they were, right? Stealing bases. Well, they they were no joke (laughs) when it comes to their hitting. I mean, they were all over Povich, and I thought, and I was driving out to Seward, so I was getting set up to watch Junior play and and then kind of hunkered down in the old, uh, the old, dad's section with the uh, you know the fold up fold up chairs and and then started streaming the game and you know povich for him to get slapped around with 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 four runs and six hits and it wasn't just these bloops they they were hitting him well and listen i'm not here to get on povich the kid's incredible you'll still have him for this weekend i'm thinking you know silver lining but it was just odd because he's been so great so so often this year. And I think it's a credit to Northeastern last night, just how aggressive they came in. They they weren't phased either, and they came in and did work. And uh, they really pounded the baseball. Uh, the, 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 the home run, the solo shot to get them on the board, and then some just bombs that stayed in the park, but were extra base hits, and you blink, and all of a sudden it's, it's for nothing, and, and Povich is done. But Nebraska able to to do what they do, and that's remain unfazed. Uh, scored eight straight runs, and quite honestly, man, and and I know the the two walks are are still sticking with with uh, Cody Frank a bit, but for him to come in and get eleven straight out, Nebraska's bullpen all season long has been. Probably not the headline, but man, they aren't too far down the note page. They have been so good uh, so often. And you've got Frank that came in, Schwelly came in, did his thing. But it was really Cam Chick's charge, that uh, that home run that, that put some momentum back into Nebraska's step. They got rolling. Nebraska scored their, their last run off of a... Of, of a uh, I think it was an interference call that the runner scored from from third, and it, then it got tight. But Schwelly came in. The thing that that was real, and you just don't know how you're going to react in the moment until it's here. Is the stage? Is the situation? How do you handle nerves? All right. 
And Nebraska baseball, all season long, in big moments, they've been aggressive, they've been focused, they've been locked in. And I don't want to say that they're looking over or past anybody. You saw a lot of that <laughs> last night. Arizona had to battle Grand Canyon University. Florida got knocked off. Arkansas was down 3 nothing before they exploded. Baseball is just a funny game where you have an opportunity to go out and make your pitches, get great at-bats, and take advantage if you're in the right, first and foremost, mindset. Second of all, uh, are you aggressive? In Nebraska, they weren't timid, but I think the moment was there with, oh my God, we're in the regionals, and Arkansas is looming. And for a team like Northeastern to really not get a ton of respect, to, to, to be do or die like they were last week, and they had to win two elimination games just to make the, the, the regionals. They stayed hot. Their bats stayed hot. And for them to tag Povich like they did, it's a credit to them. So uh, Nebraska able to get things handled 8-6. to six. Uh, You had another two-out big, uh, big RBI by Joe Acker. And Frank, what he nailed last night was, was his changeup. Uh, as, as he was able to, to get that, that strike call uh, on the corners, he was able to, 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 to mix things in. But Frank helping kind of carry Nebraska to that finish line with three and two-thirds innings of relief. Two runs, two hits, struck out two, walked two. And what a big win there by Frank. Nebraska able to uh, to get the victory 3-0 and for Frank this season. Let's hear from Will Bolt last night as uh, Coach sat down uh, with, uh, with the media last evening and kind of uh, laid things out for the Big Reds 8-6 win. It's tough from the standpoint that Cade's been so good for us this year. Um, and it's early in the game. <clears throat> Obviously, in a different scenario, um, you may have a chance to let him work through it, but he wasn't. He was up in the zone a little bit. I thought tonight, and um, it, he didn't really have a pitch to go to. Um, they hit, you know, they hit some balls hard on <clears throat> all of his uh, pitches, and so he just wasn't really, <clears throat> he wasn't really fooling them there. Felt like it was time to go, go make a change, and it was huge for Cody to come in and get two pitches, two outs right there to get his feet um, kind of settled in the game, and um, obviously we we grabbed the momentum immediately after that. Will Bolt put it perfectly. It's not that Povich was bad. I mean, he had a few strikeouts. He painted the corner. He was aggressive. But was he getting the curveball over? That's kind of his difference maker. And to Northeastern's credit, they were able to hit him. And what happens when your ace, when your stud, uh, when your best pitcher, at least best starter, goes out early? What do you do? You call the fire department. <laughs> and uh, Frank able to respond. Schwelly able to respond. Buns came in as well. More from uh, Nebraska baseball head coach Will Bolt as he, uh, he, had, a, he had a chat with his squad as Nebraska's down uh, before they erupted. I didn't really like the way that we started the game from a um... – I, did, I felt like we were a little bit on our heels, especially offensively. Um, give their starter credit. I thought he came out and he was on attack and he was hitting his spots and he just kind of had the safe side of the plate over there. Um, and we just kind of kept giving it to him and <clears throat> really didn't feel like we came out 
uh, and with the aggressive mindset that we usually see. Um, so I was just reminding them, like, look, again, let's not let's not get caught up in the score here and let our emotions get the best of us and hit panic button. Let's just start putting together better at-bats by being more aggressive. Uh, he's going to throw strikes. We need to make sure we're ready to swing. And so, like you said, we didn't get anything to show for it that inning, but got on the barrel a couple of times and we're able to start getting a little bit more, more momentum in our dugout. Baseball is so much about momentum, minimizing damage, finding ways to get out. And uh, Schwelly came in, did his job, and uh, closed the door. Nebraska onto the winner's bracket against Arkansas tonight, 8 o'clock ESPN 3. Back to that home run. We'll get to recruiting and Friday Night Lights and offers that are out in just a second. Wrap it up, though. Nebraska's win in postseason. Uh, Cam Chick at the plate. This was monstrous. Here's Will Bolt. Um, he's been working really, really hard um, to to make some adjustments at the plate. He took two close pitches and got an advantage count, and he didn't miss. That was a that was a huge swing right there, um, not only for him, but of course, like you said, just to let our team kind of settle in right there and, and uh, get in the fight. And who's getting the nod tonight? Uh, let's get Roach back on the hill. We'll go with Chance Roach um, tomorrow night. He'll he'll get the ball. Um, he's been our Saturday starter and. Um, um, he's a fifth-year senior, and he's been through a lot. Uh, he's seen a lot. But, yeah, it's going to be a great environment. This is one of the best environments in college baseball. Um, Arkansas has got a really good team. Uh, they play at an extremely high level, especially in this venue. Um, the, these fans here are uh, pretty amazing. The Nebraska fans, Husker fans, I'm pretty biased. I think they're the best in the country. But th- this group here, the way they support this team, um, and they just got it rolling. So, you know, we're going to have our hands full tomorrow night. Um it's going to be a great environment. We just need to come out uh, ready to rock from the first inning. It is going to be electric tonight in Fayetteville. And their crowd, uh, all about partying, having a good time, being loud. I mean, think of your Husker environment. It's it's like that down there. Uh, they're a little, a little cranked up, as always, down in Fayetteville. And what was really cool to hear and see last night on social media was just the five to 600 Nebraska fans that made the roadie down, got down to Fayetteville, and you heard the Go Big Red. You heard the, the Huskers support vocally on the road. Only Nebraska fans, right? That's so cool. You, you look at a lot of these regionals, and they're freaking ghost towns, especially if the host team isn't playing. And while it wasn't completely elbow to elbow last night, Nebraska fans made their presence felt, and it was really cool to see the team able to come off the field after they had gathered after the win and uh, to, to get cheered uh, by the fans that made the trip down. And someday, uh, someday we'll do that. Someday, because this is the first of many, in our humble opinion, Elijah, that Nebraska is going to be doing this. Now, the difference may be in future years, uh, they'll be hosting versus going. Now, it's not completely out of the question. I'm not going down tonight. I've been trying to find tickets for about the past 12 hours. So that so you were watching the game uh-huh. off and on at said wedding reception last night. Yeah, and then and then two dudes that were at the wedding were like, if we win, you want to go tomorrow? And I was like, done. Well, you get out of here at 9. Well, you can be down there. It's 6 hours, 45 minutes. I can leave town at like 11 or noon in yeah, plenty and, of time. And, and you're good. And then just go down. Hang out. You'll find a seat. I'm looking for tickets right now. That's, that's the thing. Is if, you can show and go, babe. You think so? You, oh, yeah. You, you'll, you'll, you'll get taken care of. I mean, Arkansas kind of filled it up for the game against uh, NJIT yeah. yesterday. Yes. 
<laughs> well, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to go find some dude holding up three fingers outside saying, yeah, it's 80 bucks a, t- a ticket. Then I'm then I'm straight out of luck. I don't want to do that. Well, I'm trying I'm trying to find the ticket online. I can't I can't sneak out. I can't. I have juniors baseball this weekend. Otherwise, I'd, I'd drive or we'd take my wife's vehicle and drive. But you're telling me to take the chance to just go down there? Uh, yes. I went down to Austin in, in 99 without seats. Now, Cousin Dino was down there and had us taken care of. But point is, is it's okay to show up to a spot without seats. Okay. It, it's not ideal, but I mean, it's, not, it's not like it's, it's Monday and it's for the super regional berth. Okay, it's. I mean, it's. It's just. It's the the first elimination See, game. I don't think I'll have a problem, but I'd have or to. Th- I'd, I'd have to throw on like an Arkansas hoodie when I'm buying the tickets, and then go throw it in the bushes before I run in the stadium. Like, no, I, I, I feel I, like that's my best bet to get good. If you good just prices. look like a normal college student, they aren't gonna. Now you are wearing a hat that has a Nebraska. It's well, that that'll work. It's a United States hat. You've got on. Um. I think you. I think you'd be okay. Now my question is: Are are you camping? Are you sleeping in your car? Have you, or do you care? The plan would be right after the game, hop back in the car, start driving back to Nebraska right after the game, and then stop off at a rest area no, to get tired. You're, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna have, no, just, have a cocktail in the parking lot after a win, if there's a win. If there's a win. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Either be a happy cocktail or a sad cocktail. One of the two. <laughs> you're, you're gonna need a stiff drink after tonight. Is what I'm telling you. Uh, let's get into Friday Night Lights. You had uh, sunshine, you had fans, and you had a boatload of prospects uh, from the state of Nebraska 2022, 2023, 2024 classes. And uh, Nebraska, uh, listen, the the number of in-state kids, Elijah, you're one of these that, that played football at a high level. So uh, in, in your experience in Class A all over, you had a chance to, to go every Friday night against somebody that was really pretty good, either from the Metro or either locally, or if you were playing out in North Platte or in Grand Island, you, you saw it and practiced for it throughout your career. Uh, ben Brommer uh, is the, the, the kid out of Pierce, the tight end that got to work out for Nebraska uh, in person, didn't disappoint, several great grabs, and he's another dude that has length, and uh, plenty of agility. And then Gunnar Gatula also uh, is somebody that was at camp last night. Of course, that's Coach's boy, and Gunnar's a big kid and such a uh, a big-time ball player. And he uh, he was uh, able to earn an offer last night. So Brommer and Gatula getting offers. Uh, he had uh, Greg Austin working with Gatula to strengthen his, his, uh, his initial punch. You know about hand placement. Time and time again, that's so key for offensive linemen. Gunner's off to Notre Dame Sunday, and uh, he's going to do a camp up there. And that, that video is just the most classic offensive line coach video I've ever seen, where they say, all right, give me your first punch, and you go, okay, I'll give you a little punch and show you. And then they always say, no, give me that punch, and you have to really give it. Because, like, you don't want to, like... Jack the guy. Well, yeah, you, you don't want to be the guy who goes and hits him too hard, and then they're like, man, what the hell was that? Like, just, just show me what's There's up. There's a happy medium. <laughs> yeah. There's a happy medium. It's right? just classic to, to see that. Like, oh, I've been in that situation like 10 times myself at uh, least. Grand Island Northwest outside linebacker Victor Issel. Uh, he's a kid that is getting on the radar, and he's been on the radar. Uh, got to showcase last night, worked at defensive end and edge rusher. 
he was uh, all sorts of kind of wow factor and 11 6 in the 100 meter uh, for him. Guy that Nebraska's keeping an eye on, uh, Justin uh, Eklund, also uh, a linebacker. He's out of Folsom, California. Think of Johnny Cash, right? And then this is the kid that kind of wowed. And Kevin Suits, our friend at 1011, had video uh, of of Nagoy and another kid out of Lincoln East that are long, lanky, wide receivers. Ben Nagoy uh, is uh, a ball player here that is uh, out of Lincoln High and track and basketball, three-sport athlete, great hands and uh, nice footwork and some really good-looking fade routes by Nagoy in the end zone. Uh, and uh, also you had uh, Zane Flores, the uh, Lewis Central player that was in uh, Flores, also getting attention from Northwestern, Iowa State, North Dakota State. So that was really cool. And uh, one other invite is going to be uh, uh, cornerback uh, Quintavis Gaskins, uh, uh, 6'2", just shy of 200 pounds. Uh, he's a Sean Becton guy. So you look at his size, his height, and uh, just where he's at. He's a 2022 kid. So uh, Nebraska able to get in front of a lot of guys and vice versa. Uh, We had the local names, obviously, that were uh, impressive, but also uh, the recruits that were on hand. Yeah, and I just pulled up these these Ben Nagoy highlights from Kevin Suits. Wow. Yeah, wow's right. Like, I'm surprised he didn't get an offer last night. Obviously, I mean, considering it's the, the first I have heard his name, I assume the Husker coaches probably want to get another couple of looks. But just based on the highlight tape, I am super impressed. That's a tall, lanky wide receiver who's going up in high-pointing balls. Like, I'm not sure how I haven't heard of this dude. Um, and obviously, yeah, you need to show it on the field come September. But, mm-hmm. man, I, I was impressed right off the bat looking at that. So, and another kid that, that is just giant – that uh, was kind of a wow factor is Malachi Coleman, wide out from Lincoln East. Uh, he's running some some routes here in the ten eleven footage. Suitsy had to ask, you know, who is this kid? And 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 Mama Coleman said, "That's my boy," <laughs> and uh, just really smooth looking and and just large, just just really thick and fast and able to be agile, which is what you want at wide receiver, but. Uh, you got the next wave, man. I mean, you've got the next wave of, of kind of local talent here in Lincoln that it, it's weird to think about, uh, you know, my kid, Junior, going into his freshman year. Some of these kids have kind of, been, kind of been biding their time when you look at the depth and talent that's – Lincoln High has been a good program mm-hmm. for a number of years. And then, you know, Coach Gingery and company in Lincoln East, they have they have been pretty stacked and talented for – a while as well, specifically when you look at their receiving core. I mean, they, they've had really good wideouts, and, and they have the tall guys, and now these guys that have been backups for a while or getting a little less playing time, it's kind of their time to shine. They got to camp, and it and it's local. It's in your backyard. It's nice. Yeah, and, and what's great is, I mean, these kids are still 
15, 16, 17 years old, they're still growing into their bodies. So, I mean, you can have guys explode onto the scene one summer because they grew four inches last winter. It happens. Um, and what I love is even if these guys don't end up getting a Nebraska offer, I love that it's still just more and more talent to this local high school sports scene because that only means good things. If you, if you have more talent all around the, the elite players, it's only going to make the, the high school ball around town better. Uh, these guys are going out to the camps. They're getting noticed. Even if it doesn't lead to a Nebraska offer, maybe it leads to a South Dakota State offer. Uh, maybe it leads to a North Dakota State offer, something like that. So I love to see these guys out there getting that exposure. Uh, and I just personally love it for me because I'm going to go watch some high school football games this fall and, and just see good talent. It, it's so much more fun to watch high school football whenever there's just good talent on display. The uh, eight official visitors last night, Richard Torres, uh, the top one of the top quarterback targets for Nebraska. Spend time around uh, Harburg and Adrian and Logan Smothers. Uh, Justin Williams, he uh, hooked up and hung out with uh, Gabe Irvin. Irvin was kind of his host um, around uh, the the scene. And then there's also some some wideouts who, um, specifically Landon Sampson, kid out of South Lake, Texas. Uh, he had uh, Ryan Held and Matt Lubick uh, spending quite a bit of time with him. Uh, Frost was was making the rounds for sure along with Adrian and that's that's so big to to have the ability to uh get in front of and that's what's been missing for Nebraska you want you want recruiting to pick up you want offers and uh announcements to uh to start happening here for Nebraska's recruiting class you need nights like last night uh we'll see how the fight continues here Landon Sampson is uh, a guy that is paired with the number one quarterback in the in the country. That's Quinn Ewers, who's going to Ohio State. So this kid, uh, Samson, a three-star, is making the camp rounds. He's going to continue to turn some heads. That's uh, kind of your opening segment. Great baseball for Nebraska. Gutty win. Again, gritty being Nebraska baseball 2021. There's an update on Friday Night Lights. Uh, We'll get a a further in-depth look just how things could play out this weekend in Fayetteville. And uh, baseball legend, three-time national champ, our rewind next. Pat Casey going to join us, former Oregon State coach. Our chat with him, the rewind. Brandon Vogel, Gary Sharp, next hour, Tail Varsity Radio Weekend. Back with Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Coach, hey, it's Chris and Elijah here in Nebraska. Sir, how are you? What's going on in Nebraska, man? They got a baseball field there now? We, we've, got a base, <laughs> we've got a baseball field, <laughs> and uh, it, it's awesome to get to play. And, uh, Coach, it's wonderful, wonderful to talk to you again. We usually talk to you. Uh, preseason or non-conference, I should say, and we're getting ready for a Nebraska-Oregon State matchup down in Arizona. But, hey, uh, it's, it's better than, than, than a year ago with no baseball. How have you been? What have you been up to? I haven't been doing a whole lot, man. I've been trying to follow the – you know, I still got a son on the team, so I went to quite a few games and uh, just kind of navigating the whole thing like everybody else. Bad Casey's with us here, three-time national champ, uh, coach at Oregon State. Uh so you're watching your boy play. That's outstanding. How's retirement been? Has it been weird? Yeah, no, it's weird. I mean, it's um, it's different. You know, you 
you you you you view things differently when you know um, you're watching it. I think maybe, and it's kind of hard when you're not in the dugout. And you can't really have anything to say, you know. But it's it's it's, it's been good, man. There's there's like anything. There's good things and there's things you that could be better. But uh, I uh, I'm just so excited about the fact that there's going to be lots of people in Omaha and. Um, my wife said to me, she said, we just need to go and go watch it. And I said, you know what? You're probably right. Why don't we wait till the first two teams are out? So there'll be a hotel in town, right? And uh, <laughs> roll in and watch the greatest show on dirt. You also could, you guys could also market. You have the largest mask, uh, COVID mask with that tarp that you guys roll out there. At the time. So you're going to cover the field to protect that <laughs> COVID. You know, that, that that's one way to look at it. We will find coach, we'll find you a spot and if you like cold beer, we'll get you a cold beer. Uh and uh, I, li- I I like cold beer and then you can find me a spot. And you know what? I'll come right up to that radio show and talk to you live and have cold beer right with you. Because you, 'cause you're working, you couldn't have one. Well, actually I've got really cool bosses. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. My wife likes cold beer too. <laughs> well, we we're 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 set up in a in a brewery, actually. We'll we'll be at we'll oh, be at a brewery. Wow. Wow. So, cool. yeah, Pat Casey's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, uh, legendary coach at Oregon State, three-time national champion. And, Coach, got to meet you a few years ago, of course, on Radio Row, and you were so awesome to, to every time, man, to, to do an interview. Yeah, and yeah. you had some great teams. And I, I'm interested in your take on, on the field, on the seating, and just kind of from the outside looking in, and, and you're not really outside, but – follow me on that what what was your takeaway here with, with how things kind of went down with some of the the regional sites and is that something you ever had to battle or deal with with maybe going uh someplace when maybe you felt like hey maybe maybe uh we should have been hosted yeah well i think that happens to a lot of clubs you know at oregon state before we had any street cred you know there were a couple of years we definitely should have got in but um you know uh we had to we had to get there once we got there it was, it was pretty good and um i think every year you could probably look at a regional and go that kind of looks like um that one's a little stronger than another one but i'm not sure how you ever really balance that out i mean you know anybody that gets to a regional usually is um playing pretty good and um so anyhow i i just i yeah i think there's some that are pretty i think tennessee's got a pretty tough regional i think mississippi's got a pretty tough regional um, I think there's some regionals that are winnable. Um, now that deal in Fayetteville is going to be lit up pretty good. Now they're going to get after it because you know they've been they've been wanting to get back there, and they got such a great club, and they got such good people, and uh, they've done such a great job. You know, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them, you know, uh, right there snuggled up in Omaha. And, and uh, but you know, who knows, man? I'm always looking for that surprise team to come, like the Beavers did. 05 and everybody said where in the heck is Oregon State University we know that there's Pacific Ocean but we thought maybe that the, that it stopped at the um, at the California border or something <laughs> now, now coach I want to ask uh do you see any teams that you see are blatantly overseeded or underseeded? It's a little different in the, in the NCAA tournament as compared to, say, the NCAA basketball tournament. But I, I look at uh, down the Oxford Regional, Southern Miss uh, playing Ole Miss. That's a really tough draw for Ole Miss. And then obviously, I, I look at Nebraska going down to, uh, to Fayetteville to play Arkansas. 15, 20 minutes. Okay. I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. My taxi driver was in my ear. <laughs> no, I was just asking you about, about 
tough draws you think that uh, some of these teams got, some of these home teams specifically. I mean, Arkansas drawing yeah. Nebraska is pretty tough, and I look down in Oxford and see uh, the Rebels playing Southern Miss. That's a really tough draw for Ole Miss. Do, do you think, A, that there's more of those this year, and, and B, what kind of job did the NCAA have having to, having to pick these regionals out this year? Well, I think the NCAA, you know, as a whole, that's a tough job every year. You know what I mean? Because here's what you're doing. I said, go on. And what happens if this team wins this conference? You know, what happens if this team, um, you know, uh, doesn't win their conference tournament? And then all of a sudden so many things shift that, you know, there's some decisions that have to made, be made pretty quick. So, you know, I I, I, I really, I, I do think there's some regionals that you look at, and like you mentioned, uh, Mississippi's got their hands full, Tennessee's got their hands full. Um, and then you look around and you look at some, some other regions that maybe somebody's coming in there and they're and they're warmed up pretty good you know and um then there's people like south carolina that get a, a real opportunity to host when you know, they weren't a number one seed and and so i just i just think you know they right down to um what happens between the white line you know kind of throw out everything if we think you should have been Pat Casey's with us a few minutes here. Hale Varsity Radio, uh, legendary coach at Oregon State, three-time national champ. And, uh, Coach, I want to go a little further in depth from what you've seen of Arkansas and, and what Coach Van, Van Horn has this year and, and just your relationship with Coach Van Horn, uh, just both guys that, that really built winning programs. Dave, of course, in Nebraska and then – killing it at Arkansas and of course what you did at Oregon State yeah you know Dave I got all the respect in the world for Dave he's awesome and um, you know he started there at Nebraska and took them to the World Series twice and um, you know Dave's first class guy now he's really really got a role and and, um, I I just can't tell you how uh, impressive it is to look at his club I think they're just really really offensive um, you know, their 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 pitching has got some depth. You know, I think Cops got uh, ten wins and ten saves. That's mm-hmm. kind of unheard of in college baseball. They got a real shortstop. Um, they got power. You know, I know Slavens went down with a ankle injury. I don't know if he'll be back. He's one of their guys. But uh, you know, you got David Moore at second base, a switch hitting guy that's as good as anybody uh, around at that position. So they just got some real strength, and I I really like the. Uh, DVH, he's just uh, he's just a good man, and um, you know we had a real battle with him there, and and uh, you know fortunately for us we got a break and and got us rolling, but uh, he's he's one of the best at, at doing what he does, that's for sure. Now that league was really really good this year too. Um, I mean I watched a lot of games, uh, had a lot of time on my hands, I watched a lot of games, and you know there's some clubs. Um, that might surprise some other clubs too, and and um, I think that's the fun thing about Omaha, you know, when everybody, when every, there's nobody that's not playing good when they get to Omaha because they've won a regional and super regional. Um, that's 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 the thing that everybody has to understand, and you know, you got to play well at the right time. You got to do the right things, and generally they come back to what you've been doing all year long. You know, if you good, get in good practice habits and do good things in practice, you generally do them in a game. And um, the better you do them, the bigger in the bigger situations um, you get to play in big games. Coach Casey's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we'll we'll won't keep you too much longer. 
Your thoughts on on the job Rob Childress did at A and M? Sad that that he uh, is no longer going to be there. A lot of connections, obviously, to, to to Nebraska, but he just did a wonderful job at A and M. And I've heard his name mentioned for the Rice opening. But do you think there's still a lot of baseball left for for Coach Childress? Well, first of all, you know Rob's one of the first class guys in this game. I mean, you know you can't you can't get much better guy than Rob Childress and. Uh, you're right. I think if people, if you would look at what he accomplished there in the time he was there, and how many regionals he went to, and how many how many um, super regionals he went to, and I know I think he went twice to the College World mm-hmm. Series. And, you know, I just I, I wish people, um, you know, understood how difficult it is to consistently win and and um, and, and to consistently get to Omaha. I mean, that's just not quite as easy as people think. I mean, you know, you think about nearly 300 Division One clubs competing, and eight, eight get to go to Omaha. Ball has to bounce your way. You have to stay healthy. Um, you got to avoid disaster in the draft. And, um, you know, nobody uh, did it with more class than Rob Childers. That guy is, uh, to me, is, is you know, what a college baseball should be. He's a He's a leader of men. He's he's just a just a great guy, man. And I and I think do I think he has more baseball in him? Absolutely. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all that he gets a head coaching position. Uh, Dave would be one of or Rob would be one of the most the, one of the best pitching coaches in the country if he chose to do that. You know, and and the landscape's changing, man. In college baseball too. You know, when you can you can saddle up and transfer and go anywhere you want, anytime you want. You know. That deal's that deal's changed a little bit too, so uh, we'll see. But uh, Rob is Rob's first class guy in my book. Last thought here, Coach uh, and, and Coach Pat Casey's with us, uh, Oregon State uh, legend and three time champ. Will Bolt, uh, just his second year, kind of a a weird year one with just fifteen games before COVID. What's your what's your reaction to Will's season and what what you've seen uh, from from Nebraska this year? Well, those those two questions back back to back are good questions because I think you know I think that he did such a great job at uh, at A and M. Those guys are hard to replace in one year, you know. And when you're a head coach and you've got so many things going on, and you you have an assistant coach that has so many responsibilities. And does such a great job. Those guys are hard to replace, mm-hmm. and, and that showed a little bit too. But um, you know, I am pumped. Uh, I, I really, I've got a great relationship with Bill Moose. I think he hits a home run just about every time he hires somebody. And I knew when he hired Will that you know that thing was going to be real, real good. And he's already showed up. And it happened, and um, you know, they're you know they're not. Uh, they're not in the region that they. I get it. They got to go to. I think they're going to Fayetteville. Yeah. But they're they're going they're going to make somebody beat them. I mean, they're not going to go any place and not and not really play the game the way it should be played. In my opinion, uh, you're going to have to you're going to have to get them out and they're going to pitch and they're going to fight and they're going to battle and they're going to do everything that uh, anybody would want a club to do. So um, I, I think it's exciting. I think the future is very very bright for Nebraska baseball. How far do you go back with Moose? Give us a little backstory. Oh man, Moose is—he's such a good guy. Bill Moose called me, and I knew him before that. But he called me when we won our first national championship in 2006, and he was at Oregon, of course, you know. And so we knew each other from a mutual friend of ours. We got a buddy that he was a partner with in a business named Tim Hennessy, and um, 
I got to know Bill and um, have all the respect in the world for him. And, and uh, I actually came out there and saw me and Tim actually went out there and saw him and and uh, spent some time with him. Went to a football game and uh, and um, had a great time. And we were planning on going back. And then of course uh, COVID hit and changed everybody's direction. And so um, anyhow, uh, I really really think the world of him and um you know i know they got that the the new practicing going there at at, uh at nebraska with football and um you know i i I love it out there you know um seems like every time i come out there other than once i've had a pretty good time you know (laughs) and uh, people are real good to me and you know um i love uh my my kids still talk to heck he's 23 years old, still talks about wanting to go to the candy store in downtown Omaha. So I said, gee, I gotta, I gotta get back to, to Omaha. So, um, got a good friend there, Mark Gillespie, who I played, uh, uh, professional baseball with in the Padres organization. And, uh, just, uh, you know, we just, we just have a blast when we go, when we head out there. And of course, you know, the players, I'll never forget one of my, one of my, best friends in baseball was, was Mike Gillespie and uh, they won it in 98 and in 2005 uh, they had Ian Kennedy and they had Clement and they had mm-hmm. some other guys and they were real real good and we beat them on the last day of the season to win the conference and I said geez I'm glad I don't have to see those guys anymore well they go down and win their their regional at Long Beach State so I guess it gets to come back to Oregon State <laughs> in a super so we got to beat them again Jeez. and uh he told me, he said, Case, I wanted to go to Omaha so bad that you can't even believe it. But he said, if I couldn't go, he said, there's no team I would rather see go than you guys. He said, um, you guys um, have inspired me because we never dreamed that, you know, the pack, the six pack should expand and get into the, into the, to the north. And you proved me wrong and you did it right. And you're a friend and you won't believe that how they're going to treat you. They're going to treat you like a king. And, um, man, he was right. And uh, I'll never forget that. And we won. Uh, we lost in 05 in 06. We won the championship. And he wrote me a letter. And uh, I still have it. That's awesome. And uh, rest in peace, my friend, Mike Gillespie. But uh, mm-hmm. there's been some amazing people that have, you know, uh, walked down those tunnels at Rosenblatt, now Ameritrade. And, and uh, you know, you guys, just everything about it. I. I can't even explain to people that haven't gone. I just said, if I could tell you, I would, but you just got to go. And so, because that's what was told to me in 2003 by a booster. And I said, I'm not going unless I have my team. He said, oh, no, you need to go. And fortunately, we ran into one in 2005, and now I'm on the radio with you guys. <laughs> Last thought here, Coach. Really appreciate you taking the time out of, out of your afternoon to do this. Um that road to Omaha, it's so special to get to Omaha, but on the road, it's, it's so tough to get through a regional and then through, through a super regional. So when you're looking at Will Bolt, his first full head or full year as a head coach, just is there anything different that you got to do whenever you're coaching in a regional as compared to a, a normal weekend series? No, I don't think so. I think you, you know, I think you have to do what you've been doing all year long. You just got to do it at real, real high level, and you've got to, and you got to do it with the same. You know, confidence and the t- same intensity. I think the thing for them, I don't think they played out of conference. Um, that co- I don't think that the, that the Big Ten played out of conference, which is kind of unusual, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that could be a situation where maybe it's a little bit different um, for those guys. Um, Will will know how he'll know how to navigate that, but 
you know, I just think that I think what he's probably going to do, in my guess, would be he's probably going to tell them, you know, men, we got here because we played good baseball, and and we don't need to change anything other than the fact that uh, um, we we need to do what we're doing and and even do it at a higher level. But um, we know what got us here, and uh, let's 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 do it. Let's have some fun doing it, and uh, let's get after it. And I think they will. I think they're going to play well, and I think they got a challenge, man. I think they that's a that's a real that's a real tough place to play. Pat Casey, coach, best to you. We'll get you that cold beer when we see you in Omaha in a couple of weeks. I'm, hey, I'm holding you to it, my friend. Uh, I'm holding you to it. I got I don't have very good memory anymore since I got to write this down, so I'm on it, man. Chris Schmidt beer buying Chris. beer. Coach Casey, done. Right on. Right on. <laughs> have a good time uh, down in Texas, coach. Hope to see you guys here. All right, man. Bye bye. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Thanks for hanging out. Weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio, Hour 2. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Gary Sharp will be with us in about 30 minutes or so. Plenty of recruiting thoughts from Sharpie. Husker baseball talk as well. We bring in, to get us kicked off, managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine, Brandon L. Vogel, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. His book with John Cook, Dream like a champion, Vogues. We had a fun chat yesterday. I want to fast forward to uh, to part two this morning, and we were talking a bit about superstitions and all the the Nebraska baseball caps that that you may be picking out to to wear last night before the uh, the comeback victory. What were you doing before Cam Chick's home run? Well, um, as we talked about yesterday, I finally found that autographed John Saunders baseball and uh, started rubbing it furiously uh, like a worry stone, and I, and I think that did it. So, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was a nice job by Cam, but also a pretty good job by me, I think. Well, we need credit given where credit's due. You're also in in Rocky Top uh, region. Um, the bat flip scene around the world. <laughs> My Lord, Gilbert's walk-off granny for Tennessee was stuff of legend. And our, our friend Mitch Sherman timed him to first base 14 seconds and then 35 seconds to Cadillac around the bases in that frenzied moment. You know, when we talk about end of moments in the world of sports, you've got the last second jumper. You've got that last-second field goal or Hail Mary or two-minute drill or go-ahead touchdown as time expires. But where does the walk-off rank when it comes to fantastic finishes if you're picking a way to watch it go down? Yeah, of the you know of the major team sports – it might be number one for me, um, and I think number two is is probably is, is probably the last second shot in basketball. Football, you you just don't see it a ton. Uh, in fact, 
you know, unless the circumstances are just right, uh, more often you get uh, the crazy lateral play that's fun for a little while, and then it just, you know, dies at some point because one of the laterals isn't picked up and a a big defensive lineman falls on the football and that's it. But, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I guess I hadn't thought about this. Basketball, you've got the clock. So that, that kind of provides the the tension there a little bit. I think that thing, you know, maybe it's counterintuitive, but now I think about it, baseball, when you don't have that, it's like, well, this could be your last at bat. It might not be. We don't know. It's the surprise factor of like, oh, that's it. The game's over. Uh, so I think that's number one for me. Brandon, when I look at like all, all the professional sports, you got hockey, like especially playoff hockey, you get that game-winning goal. It's beautiful. Walk-off homers. Uh, you got game-winning shots. And you look at football and you get like, Walk off twenty-five yard chip shot field goals like that's got to be one of the lamest finishes in pro sports, actually, right? You got to hit the field goal. <laughs> you got yeah, yeah, to stop the yeah, field goal from being uh, hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The field goal. I mean, uh, that, that you do have time to kind of set up the drama, so at least that's good. But it's still, you know, but the problem with kicking is it's it's so far removed from like eighty-five percent of everything else that goes on in the game. That it still feels a little bit like okay, well here comes the here comes the specialist, uh, you know. It's, it's like <laughs> you got a home repair that's too big for you. You just you hire the guy who knows what he's doing. That's that's the kickers, which you know credit to them. But it's also not the most exciting way for things to go. Brandon Vogel's with us, HailMarCity.com and Magazine at Brandon L Vogel on Twitter. So, what was your takeaway last night with Nebraska baseball? Uh, thrilling, but th- this game kind of had everything where Nebraska had to battle, they didn't panic, and then they, they had to hang on. It, it just got interesting, but they got the job done. I'm I'm just continually wowed, and I know they, they beat Northeastern, and I want to give Northeastern credit, but Nebraska, they, they just always have someone, i.e. the team, step up if like, you know, plan A doesn't happen. Plan A is to, to have Cade Povich go eight innings of two-hit ball and shut him out. Well, that didn't happen, so here comes here comes your bullpen to put the fire out, and they're great for an extended period. And then it gets a little interesting, but your offense wakes up. So how did you, how did you enjoy the roller coaster last night? Yeah, you know, baseball is kind of our our greatest cause and effect game where uh, you see things like, you know, if you're you're walking guys, you're putting guys on base, you're like, that's a bad bad idea, don't do that. (laughs) When team scores, like, well, here's why. Um, And I've always enjoyed that about the sport. I think you're – you kind of nailed it. Like somebody has always stepped up for for Nebraska, and, you know, you've got kind of your usual suspects, but really – you know, watching that early on when Nebraska's down four nothing, kind of like oh, getting a little bit of nail biting time. But you also, or at least I did, just had a feeling like, well, well, something's going to happen here. Like something's going to break out. Getting that three run homer. I mean, obviously to make it four three, that's big. But getting getting those, I think it was two outs. Um, but getting three at a time instead of having to like scratch and claw your way back, like okay, it's four one, it's four two, um, and you're just eating up innings to do that. Of course, too, I think was really big. It was like you know a switch was flipped then, and and for Nebraska to you know eventually tie it and then take the lead, 
they didn't just scratch out a 5-4 lead either. You know, it was they were really rolling at that point. And I think that's what you've seen with this team all year long is um, – one, it can come from it can come from anybody, uh, as, as you mentioned, Schmitty. But also, they they just they tend to put up runs in a hurry. Um, it's that kind of offense that can put a ton of pressure on you on the base pass, which which helps. Um, and when you saw Nebraska being as aggressive as they were, um, I, I started to feel like okay, this this might turn around for them. Brandon, the Huskers did burn through a couple pitchers last night, though. I expect we'll see Spencer Schwellenbach again this weekend, probably see Jake Buns again this weekend. Uh, but what about Cade Povich? He got through, uh, I think, two and a third innings last night. Uh, and and do you think we could maybe see him, say, come come Sunday, either in a starting role or, or in some middle relief? Yeah, I think I think you, uh, provided Nebraska is stay, stays in this, and, and we know they've got at least two more games, I'd be surprised if you didn't see him again. Um, I don't – it just kind of depends on how it shakes out and how many games you end up playing if you were to start again. But but I, I think you'll see him. It, that might end up being one of uh, – you know, and I thought Bolt's comments about, about Povich last night were pretty great. It's just like, hey, you know, <laughs> he's our number one guy, and for whatever reason last night it just wasn't quite there. Like, they're going to be glad they they made that move that early, I think, because we'll see him again at some point this weekend. What do you think that was? Was that was that Povich, or was that more about Northeastern just, I guess, being as good as advertised hitting the baseball? Uh, I, I think it was mostly the latter, and you know, you just have have those days where maybe nothing's wrong. You just don't have quite your your A plus stuff. Maybe you're a, a minus or at a, at a B. Mm-hmm. And in a tournament tournament baseball, you know, you're you're gonna be playing somebody who's who's pretty good at something. And and North Northeastern's been pretty good at the plate. Um and, and so it went. They they came out pretty aggressive, uh, which is something we're used to seeing from Nebraska. And it took the Hustlers a couple of innings to to kind of find that. When they did, uh things really changed in a hurry. So that'll be that'll be pretty important tonight, uh, of course, against the number one team in the country. What 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 needs to happen tonight for for Nebraska to to pull this off, folks? Uh, scratching out a few runs early would would I think be the the big part because you know Arkansas is going to put some numbers on board. You're going to have to hang on. Um, it, it's probably going to be a, a high scoring affair. Now that I said that, it'll, you know, it'll be two one. But you know, when I look at it, that's that's what it is. Can can Nebraska come out and, and somehow, some way, where they have to manufacture those runs, whether they get a couple and you know one big swing, um, and, and kind of send a message right away that hey, we're here. Um, this is your home field. We know you guys are really good, uh, but. Let's let's slug this out for twelve rounds. Uh, so, so getting some runs early, I think, would be pretty big. Yeah, you, you never want to go down to Arkansas, but the Huskers have shown all year, last night included, that no lead is safe against this team. Gritty beats pretty, but Arkansas has kind of shown the shame. I mean, last night the New Jersey Institute of Technology found out the hard way that no lead is safe against the Razorbacks. So, fireworks is what we're expecting tonight. Yeah. I, I'm hoping so. I, when, when you said that at first, said, well, I said nobody wants to go down to Arkansas. And I was like, oh, you know, Arkansas is not that bad. It's a nice state. There's some. Uh, I understand what you mean now. 
Um, nobody wants to fall behind Arkansas. True. Um, <laughs> and as you also said, no lead safe. But I think it's going to be that kind of game tonight. Um, where I hope it's that kind of game tonight, where the team straight punches a little bit. Uh, you've got got something that's pretty good and in the balance for for the whole thing. And, and if Nebraska's in that spot against an opponent as good as this, um, gotta like their chances there as you get into the seventh, eighth, ninth innings. Brent, how important is it for Chance Roach to have a, a, a quality start tonight against this Razorbacks team? It's easier said than done, obviously, um, whenever they can put up as many runs as they do. Um, but you assume he's got to keep the ball low, and, and that's going to be important in, in just keeping this Huskers team in the game. Keep them in the game and also get through some innings, I think. Uh, easier said than done, and it'll be a little bit of a different, I think, threshold because of the opponent um you know again in a normal game you know you could give up four or five runs through five or six innings and be like okay you know time time to time to give somebody else a shot against a team like arkansas you might be kind of like okay we're, we're hanging in this thing assuming nebraska is able to, to play some runs of its own so i think that'll be the big thing uh come out have a quality start keep your team in the game um because the, the thing I hope doesn't happen is this gets decided in the first first four or five innings. Um, that would be that would be a disappointing, given what I think we could be in store for. Brandon Vogels with us a few minutes here, weekend edition, Hail Varsity Radio. Vogels, uh, put yourself in the shoes of a college football recruit. What would you want to see and experience in Lincoln? Hmm. I mean, I, the, the thing that comes up so most often with these guys, particularly those that are coming from a ways away, is the facilities piece of it. I'm, I'm sure Nebraska has been uh, holding its, its presentation on the facilities that aren't there yet. Um, and I, I'm guessing that's probably perhaps the biggest part of all of their recruiting pitches. But if, if I were, you know, coming from West Virginia or wherever, and I'd, I'd heard tell of – of Nebraska fans, I think what they chose to do with, with allowing fans for some of these camps in June is, is a really good idea because, you know, yeah, you're not going to fill up the stadium. Nothing replicates uh, a fall Saturday in Lincoln, but you can get a taste of it. Um, and I think if I were coming in, that would probably be 1B or number two on my list is, okay, they say they're crazy about football here. Let's, let's find out. Um, so being able to even get a taste of that at events like last night's Friday Night Lights camp uh, is, is a really good move for Nebraska. I think it's probably one of their best selling points. You know, we've covered high school ball for a long time, and it never ceases to amaze the talent that we get to see. We're lucky enough to see Friday nights, and the Metro's been just a, a hotbed for a long time, but but recently there's so much talent in Omaha. But there's a lot of talent in Lincoln. There's a lot of talent in Central Nebraska. There's a lot of talent out west. And Vogues, there, there's kids that you know the. And I don't want to overhype or be that guy and call them future stars like the uh, the the old '86 tops rookie card set, right? But um, I I am I am wowed by the athleticism and size of some of these young pups that were out running go routes last night that are 
that are going to be on display here the, the, the next few falls here, at least in Lincoln with some of the kids I saw. And, you know, based on some of the footage uh, that, that we saw from, you know, our media partner, 1011, I was pretty wowed by just the size and athleticism of, of some of these kids where I'm pretty excited to see these kids ball here for the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the overall level in the state uh, of high school football seems to inch up a little bit each each year. I mean, I, I do feel like we're in kind of a, a boom time for that. You know, seeing the strength and or the performance and strength index numbers this year was that was one of the things I, I thought about. Is kind of go down the list and look at you know, yeah, you see some some usual suspects, some guys you expect to see there. Um, but go go and look at how many in-state kids are there. Um, how many walk-ons made the top ten in, in one of those drills or maybe multiple drills. Um, and I, I think that's the thing that becomes really easy to miss is, okay, yeah, maybe there's a, a kid from a small town who, who plays in one of the lower you know lower levels, uh, smaller schools. Mm-hmm. It's just it's hard to get a total read on the, the competition level they're facing week in and week out. But look at what these guys are doing when they come in and test. You know, they're testing like FBS athletes. Um, so, yeah, maybe they're not the classic size that's going to earn you four stars. But these guys can play. Um, and I think Nebraska still has a pretty good plan in place to to try and to tap into that. And that's another big thing about these camps is, you know, you get a chance to see how they perform on some of those key metrics for yourself. Brandon, the Husker, uh, or sorry, Nebraska volleyball is already one of the, the top uh, states in the country for high school volleyball. And then you, you look at basketball with Hunter Salas, uh, Isaac Trout, and, and football with, with some of the other top names too. I can't even forget baseball. I mean, the, the, the local talent that's on display for the Husker baseball team right now. I mean, are we just in a golden era of high school sports in Nebraska, or, or should we expect this to, to continue? Um. It, it, it feels a little bit like a golden era because I think it's a departure from, well, certainly like the high school landscape when, when I was playing like 58 years ago or, or so it seems, um, you know, it just, it, it felt like Nebraska was, well, it's a state with not a huge population. A lot of it outside of Metro is, is really small towns. And, you know, at, at that point it's kind of like, well, you play the schools that are close to you. Um, who's here is who's here. And I think, you know, Craig Smith kind of wrote about a topic similar to this in our, our yearbook. Uh, things have changed now. You know, if, if you're a player in, in Holdridge, Nebraska, and you want to get on a travel team, whether that's football, basketball, baseball, whatever, like you can go everywhere and play anyone. And, and they do now. And it, it, I think that might have a contributed to just the overall rise and the type of players we're seeing across sports. And volleyball might be the best example because with the club season, the club scene, that's been part of the kind of makeup of that sport for a long time. So why has Nebraska produced such an extraordinary number of top-level volleyball players? Well, they've been in the kind of the club system for, for quite a long time. That might have something to do with it. Brandon Vogel's with us, SaleVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogue's an email in from Kelly. He is offering $1 for your John, your John Sanders autographed baseball. Uh, you may not need to go to eBay. Is that price too high, too low, just right? 
Uh, I think it's just right for now, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to that offer for 24 hours. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if Nebraska rallies from six runs tonight against the number one team in the country, uh, it's probably not going to go for a dollar on Sunday. So again, appreciate the offer. I'm going to, I'm going to hold for now. You need to keep that thing, keep rubbing it like the worry stone you talked about. And if Nebraska gets to a super, it's going to, uh, increase in value much like those elvis plates we used to see advertised and you're just going to keep hanging on to that thing and hell uh if if the brandon vogel autograph baseball is the key to success for this 2021 run vogues we're talking you might be able to buy a ribeye with based off of what you can get for this baseball yeah, yeah. Who knew that going to that that baseball camp in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, all those years ago, would provide me with the, uh, you know, this baseball that all of a sudden is is a better investment than cryptocurrency. If you had a a, a documented pair of Pete O'Brien goggles to go with said baseball, <laughs> then it is Sizzler time. Yeah, you'd have a you'd have a pretty good lot there. Uh, you might you might need to take that to the auction house instead of uh, instead of uh, settling this privately. Vogues, we'll talk soon. This is awesome. Thanks for spending time this morning. All right, thanks, my guy. There he is. Uh, he, he said a better investment than, than cryptocurrency. He's kind of right. Like that that Bitcoin price bounces around, but that baseball value is only going up. Do you remember the name? You no clue with you. Maybe you know of the name, but Pete O'Brien's a name that dude played first base for Nebraska and, and roamed first base for the Rangers forever. He's mid eighties Husker had these serial killer glasses a little before my time and way before your time. But you've got, you've got, it was the Sanders era and, and now we're talking bolt ball, getting it done. A uh, guy who's been a part of Nebraska baseball for a long time, Gary Sharp. We'll talk with Sharpie next. The Iron Horse is in Weekend Edition. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then... Two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Back with your weekend edition, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Mark Cranach, bless his soul, is off to a volleyball tournament. Uh, being a good papa, we have baseball later in Seward, Jr. Uh, had, he went a little nuts with the eye black last night. I mean, it was full... Uh, if you remember the the program, the movie from the early 90s, we welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Sharpie uh, Jr., it's working for him. He had eye black under uh, both eyes, full Ultimate Warrior tribute, but uh, he went three for three last night, so it was all good. Well, I imagine also he probably uh, was dirty before the game started, picked up some dirt from the infield and rubbed it on himself, so he looked like a... You know, a real ball player. <laughs> so he looked like a Schmidt who got the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharpie, what a what a night! What a what a what a roller coaster for Husker baseball. But wow, uh, they they are gritty, man, and they found a way. And what's your take on on how they came out? We we played a little bit of Will Bolt to get the show going this morning, and 
Coach Bolt touched on the the aggressiveness. What do you chalk that up to? Um, w- w- do you go to nerves, or or where where do you think, uh, or what do you think the reason was for Nebraska's slow start? Well, I think it was a little bit unfamiliarity. You know, there's a lot of guys that haven't played in the NCAA tournament, and you also haven't played anybody outside of your own conference for 450 days. And give credit to Northeastern. I mean, Northeastern Northeastern is not a bad team. And they were aggressive from the start. I, I think, you know, if Cade Povich had to do it over again, I think he would pitch a little bit differently in how he challenged guys because Northeastern came up and they were aggressive. They were swinging at first pitches. Um, you know, and Nebraska just kind of had to settle in. Uh, even when they were down 4 nothing, and you, you lose your starter, you know, didn't even make it to the fifth inning, I was still thinking, okay, they're going to find a way to win this game because this is what this team does. And last night was kind of the identity of the 2021 Nebraska baseball team Gritty over pretty, and they find a way to win baseball games. And, you know, they got some great – Cody Frank was awesome mm-hmm. out of the bullpen. It just kind of it, – it looked like a typical first game for a team that hadn't been in the NCAA – you know, doesn't have a lot of NCAA experience and hasn't played outside of the Big Ten and only played 44 games. So, you take it, you won, you uh, are 1-0, and now you go and get an opportunity against Arkansas, which you wanted before you uh, started last night. What is Nebraska in for tonight uh, in your assessment of this Arkansas team, not only on the field, but atmosphere? Well, I think you're going to have to throw, going to have to throw strikes, first pitch strikes. He can't afford to walk guys and have guys all over the bases. Um, you're going to have to settle in. It's going to be a nine-inning affair, and you're going to have to score some runs. I think Nebraska is going to have to score again eight, nine, ten runs because Arkansas's lineup is loaded. You saw yesterday, and you also, you know, Arkansas was kind of, sitting back on their heels, and I don't think they were ready for NJIT to come out as aggressive as they were. And it took a while for Arkansas to settle in. And, and you know, Dave Van Horn, I'm not really sure what he was doing with his pitching. He was trying to find answers. What kind of effect will that have tonight? But I think Nebraska's going to have to score runs. They're going to have to score early. They're going to have to be aggressive. When they get on the base pass, they're going to have to be aggressive as well. Um, I think they're just going to have to take it to Arkansas. But it's going to be a great atmosphere. I mean, you got 11,000-plus there. They love their baseball. Um, and it's Arkansas and Nebraska. I mean, the two top teams in this seat and a great opportunity for Nebraska to show everyone that there's a reason why they're the number two seed and thought they could have been better. Gary, you mentioned the need for, uh, for Chance Roach to throw strikes tonight. And, and when you're looking at him, what does a quality start look like? I mean, there's so much firepower in that Arkansas lineup. I don't think you'd expect him to completely shut, shut them down. But just what does he need to do tonight to keep the Huskers in it? Well, I think you'll, you'll know right away what kind of a night he's having by if there's a lot of ground balls. He's a ground ball pitcher. Um, if you're seeing a lot of balls that are lifted to the outfield or line drive, that's not good. Um, but he gives up a lot of ground balls because uh, of his sinker, which is okay. I mean, that's, you got, you got eight guys behind you to go field it. Uh, if he's getting ground balls and Arkansas isn't barreling up stuff, then I think that's a great sign for him and a great sign for Nebraska. But they're going to have to, you know, it's gonna, this will be a big night for, for Jeff Christie and Will Bolt and Roach. And, you know, they're going to have to design a plan to pitch these guys because Arkansas is pretty dynamic with their lineup. It's not, you know, everybody just sits dead red on fastballs. They're, they're pretty versatile, so you're going to have to mix things up. And, you know, you'll have to, you know, Roach has done it before. You'll have to do it on the biggest stage that he's ever pitched in. Gary Sharp is with us, Hale Varsity Radio Weekend. Sharpie, uh, put on your, your Uncle Gary hat for a moment, and Elijah's contemplating going down to uh, Fayetteville without uh, tickets, without a seat. Uh, we, we have all pulled that off, the spur of the moment road trip. 
with or without uh, a surety. What's your advice for tonight for young Elijah? Uh, I wouldn't do it just because I think you're going to pay an arm and a leg to get a seat <laughs> in that place. See, that's what I'm thinking, especially if I'm yeah. decked out in Husker gear. Yeah. Uh, you know what? There's a, here's the thing about Arkansas and Nebraska. Their athletic departments in their state, and that being the flagship university in the state, is they're very similar. they got a ton of passion for their sports. And in baseball, it's you know even more because they've had great success in baseball. They've got the number one team in the country. Uh, it's just, it, I know people that are down there now and went and just bought single session tickets, so they had no problem last night for the Nebraska game. But I, I've been told they've had, they're having trouble getting tickets for tonight because, you know, they're $100, $200 to uh, even sit out in those uh, left field bleachers. So I would maybe save some money, Elijah, save some mileage on your lease on your uh, fancy vehicle you own, and uh, sit back and either listen to it on the radio or watch it on TV. Because the worst thing that can happen is you go down there and things go sideways, and then you got to drive all the way back home. Mm. Or you go down there, now this is the other part, is they win, and then you have a big celebration, like a one-man party with all the Razorback fans. Right. Mm, yeah. And, and that, that may or may not be great. Um, do they sell booze down there? Uh, the that I don't know. They do in the parking lot. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Sharp's with us. Sharpie, uh, we're going to switch gears to Friday Night Lights. And uh, you, you had eight official visitors last night. You had a number of in-state kids that are kind of next up to to be on the high school scene. I want to get your take on quarterback. I know Torres is a big target for Nebraska for that 2022 quarterback spot. Put yourself in the recruiting office or even the coach's office between Torres and Bianco. I know Bianco's coming out here late June, June 18th, or at least in a couple weeks. Torres was your first guy in. You had Morris commit to NC State this week. What's your your takeaways here from what you've seen of Torres, what you've seen of Bianco? And I know it's it's been limited on Bianco just because of the COVID situation. Um, both are really good. Um, but the guy that was walking around with Adrian Martinez last night, I think is the guy that you want, Richard Torres. Uh, big boy arm from Texas. Uh, his mobility is getting better. I think he's still, you know, his, his senior year will be big because I think he just needs to play more football. And his decision-making with the ball, I think, will improve. But there's a lot of Harburg in him. Big body, cannon arm, um, lots of upside. And that's what I see out of him. And I think he's your number one priority. You do have a plan B that you could, you know, move to real quick. And you never know. I mean, Torres, is, it's tough to get a Texas quarterback out of the state of Texas. And you know, Nebraska has been on him for a while. But he would be the one that I would, I would pursue that I think fits where Nebraska wants to go with their quarterback position. Now, now, Gary, you're talking about where Nebraska wants to go with their quarterback position, but I want to ask you, where do you think Nebraska should go with the quarterback position? Because when you have a guy coming out of high school that can run the ball well and throw the ball well, well, he's a five-star and he's going to Clemson. You kind of got to pick one that's a little more developed. Would you rather have a guy who's more dynamic running the ball or a guy who's a little bit of a, of a better and more polished thrower? Well, I think the staff has learned in the Big Ten what kind of quarterback it takes to win the West. Uh, you would love to have the capabilities of an Adrian Martinez that can run, but I think they're putting a lot of emphasis on being consistent in the pass game, whether it be the short little 10-yard pass or be able to throw it 20, 30 yards down the, the field because look at the kind of wide receivers they are recruiting. 
they're recruiting wide receivers that are built to blow the, the door off the defender and get downfield, and now they need somebody to put it right in their breadbasket while they're running down the field. So I think they've kind of shifted a little bit. Everybody would love to have that mobile quarterback. And I think Nebraska will always have a roster where you have both kinds. But I think the big boy arm and the ability to stretch the field with your arm and not your legs is, is a, an area where Nebraska has learned over the last two years, two-plus years in the Big Ten. That I think that's why it shows you they're going after the Harburgs and the Torres, guys that are big body, 6'5", 6'6", see over the line of scrimmage, um, don't have the, hey, pull it down and, and spring away like Adrian Martinez, but have the ability to hit a guy in stride 25 yards downfield. Sharpie, uh, from some of the, the footage last night at Friday Night Lights, and well, let me ask, did you go last night? I did not. Okay, yeah, I, I had, I had you know, family stuff going on, so I did not go. But uh, we, we've seen the footage. What's your takeaway with some of the, those next names that'll be starring on Friday nights around uh, the state of Nebraska? I was pretty blown away by some of, some of the young athletes that we have not heard of till last night. Well, you, you know, it shows you Lincoln Southeast is a really good football program. Mm-hmm. They produce some pretty good talent. And when you come out of Lincoln Southeast, usually when you move on to college, and regardless of level, usually have success. It's a really good football program. Jake Applegate, earlier in the week, I mean, he, I've seen him play numerous times. You too have, Schmitty. He's a really good football player. He strikes me as a Big Ten West outside linebacker um, that's got a good knack for football. He's kind of like he's got a great IQ for football along, along the lines of the Giffords. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his teammate who got an offer last night, I think it shows, you know, Nebraska, the, this is a good year for high school football talent in the state of Nebraska. And Nebraska took a little hit in the spring because the top-end guys, Jackson and Burke, Woods at Central, um, you know, the, the prospects of Bell West, the wide receivers, uh, Ducker and Riley, or Helms, excuse me, uh, you know, they haven't said yes to Nebraska. So Nebraska's kind of pivoted, shows you the depth of talent in the senior class in the state. And it also shows you Nebraska's not so pigeonholed into what you definitely have to be. I think, I think especially with a guy like Greg Austin, who made the offer last night, You've got an eye for talent, and you've also got pretty much uh, a confident ability to develop guys. And I think that's why he got the, you know, the offer. But it's, uh, you know, Nebraska has to be aggressive, guys. This is the month of June. They have a lot of intriguing prospects on campus, including the highly ranked running back Williams from Georgia. But they've got to close. You know, you can't have a great month of June and have a lot of excitement and a lot of fellows on campus and not get a return on investment. They've compiled a really good list. They're going to have a good month. But they've got to they've got to create something at the end of the month where you have future optimism for next year's class and beyond. Gary, in this class, what position do you think the the, the Huskers uh, is their biggest position to need? I mean, everyone's going to be looking at the quarterback position, but aside from that, where where do you think the Huskers need to focus their time and attention and get one or two just high level guys that can come in and compete? Liza, that's a good question that I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for because this roster is still young, and they built up some depth along the lines. Um, they built up some depth in the defensive backfield. You know, I'm only somebody that wants more linemen. And I think that's, if you have the opportunity to get good linemen that can help, whether they be offense or defense, you go after them. But Nebraska really, in terms of major holes, they've done a good job in the last two recruiting classes of filling those holes. But I think now it's, it's kind of the best available. And, you know, you maybe grab a guy at every single uh, position. You know, wide receiver would be another spot that I think Nebraska needs to add to. Um, you probably can't have enough running backs knowing you know, whoever is going to pan out or, or stick around. But I think if you have a chance for linemen, I would continue to stockpile linemen. 
Sharpie, your take on uh, Tariq Johnson, uh, Nebraska's chances of landing him as uh, that grad transfer or the, uh, the the transfer portal option, former five-star. He's, he's the guy who kind of kicked things off this week uh, with visits and uh, former uh, big-time prospect out of, out of Florida uh, that was at Ohio State. Well, he, he was highly thought of coming out of high school for a reason. So there is something there. Ohio State, where they have an abundance of four- and five-star defensive backs, and you can get lost pretty quick. You have to ask the question, why did it work at Ohio State? Why did he only play 12 games in the last two years, 136 snaps? Why? And if there, we can answer the question, why, do we have the ability to tap into that potential because we know it's there? Ohio State just doesn't hand out scholarships willy-nilly. Um, so Tyreek Johnson is a good football player, but you have to figure out, okay, has he lost his aggressiveness that he had in high school? What, what is missing that we could fix? Is Travis Fisher the guy to fix it? Is our culture the, the, the right culture for him where he can thrive and he can be a player? Because I think when he's on, um, he can definitely help you. And that would be just another accumulation of uh, talent. But, you know, Nebraska, I said this on my show earlier this week, as you look at trying to build this roster moving forward, and what your goal is to get better, to win, to eventually move up the ranks and win your own division. You've got to stop having fillers, guys that just kind of take up space on your roster. You've got to start getting some fillers that are really, really good football players. And then you've got to start adding some dudes, some dudes that are scary that other teams have to scheme against. And a guy like Tyreek Johnson, if he plays up to his potential, if you can find what he was like in high school, then there's a guy that fits the role of a dude. And plus it would be a shot in the arm because it would say, Okay, here's a guy that was highly thought of coming out of high school that picked Nebraska. There's something about Nebraska that he saw that will help him. And you can use that not only for your 21 team, but possibly into the future. And it also helps that he's got a couple of years of eligibility. Gary Sharp is at the plate. The count is 3-2. The bases are loaded. And there's two out. You go yard. It's salami time. You do what? Put your head down, Gibby style, and trot to first? Or you, you toss the bat like you're playing catch in the backyard, like uh, a la Drew Gilbert from Tennessee. How do you react to a walk-off grand slam if you just hit it? I am going to do what the guy from Tennessee did last night, which I think is fantastic, and then I'm going to add a little off and add a piece to it. <laughs> so there's going to be a little salsa. There's going to be a little celebration. And there's probably going to be a lot of people that are unhappy. But I'm going to be very happy with my teammates because that that's what may have not come down yet. That was pretty sweet. That was incredible. How about that, How about that to finish an NCAA tournament game is a walk-off green slam. Only in, in, in Rocky Top, man. I mean, it was... It was just crazy. And then you have another bomb that was hit at Old Miss. Their traditions to, uh, well, it's not quite the, uh, the the Kaufman Fountains, but it looked like it. Everyone throwing their drink in the air. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, hey, when it is when it is 95 with a 100% humidity and keeping Ameritrade a couple of weeks and Old Miss is playing and you're in the bleachers and you don't know about that tradition, Oh, that'll be lovely. That'll be good. A little, little spritzer. But how about, you know what? There's also, not only the, the Tennessee win last night of the right thing. Remember when UCSB beat Louisville to go to the College World Series? They had a walk-off grand slam. Oh, wow. I didn't remember that. 
That's pretty awesome. Talking with Gary Sharp here on a Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Gary, the bat flip is one of the, uh, the the hot topics in baseball. Can you do that? But I want to go to the other one that's been big in the past year or so, and that's uh, – let's give you the situation. It's bottom of the eighth inning. Your team is up 12. It's a 3-0 count. Are you swinging for the fences, Gary? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How many chances am I going to get to hit the, come up to the plate? I mean, it's just where we're stuck in these uh, old rules, you know, Root school, you know, we've got to change. Um, if I'm 3-0 and I have a chance to put the ball in play, yes, I'm swinging. I might ground right back to the pitcher, but at 3-0, he tells me that I can't, you know, all of a sudden I have to handcuff, you know, put one arm behind my back mm. and I can't swing like I normally do. That's, you know, that, that way of thinking is, is really hurting baseball. I mean, there's, there's, I love baseball. There are things that are getting in the way of the game growing, and there's so much young talent. We should embrace the talent. We should embrace the fun. Um, and we should embrace, you know, you look at college baseball. College baseball is fun. Not just this time of the year. College baseball is a fun sport. Major League Baseball is fun. We just have to continue to not get in the way of making it fun. And also make it where people know that it's on the up and up. And you don't have baseballs that are being doctored and all that kind of stuff where there's such a distinct advantage for pitchers these days. Sharpie, we'll let you be. Awesome uh, weekend to you, and thanks for jumping in and talking some baseball and some some recruiting with us. Uh, we'll check in next week with you, bud. So do we know now, Elijah, have, has Chris uh, convinced you or anybody else to get in the car right now at 9 o'clock and drive south to Fayetteville? I was trying to talk him into it. I might – if you're telling me they're 200 bucks a seat, that backed me off. I was going to – I was going to donate – to the the Elijah Herbal Fund, uh, at least you know I, I would throw a couple of bucks in for beer for you. Okay, I, I can put my Venmo out here if anyone at home wants to donate. <laughs> no, to we're not going to do it. Should go fund me for your road trip. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that. Bro. Oh, Schmitty, Schmitty, the kids these days. My God. <laughs> I just let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about my week with Junior. All right, when it comes to kids and asking for money, okay, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, Dad, I need football cleats. Okay, Dad, I need a new uh, wood bat. Dad, I need um, some some wide receiver gloves. Dad, I so it, it, it's ATM. Okay, and then I'm he's in the car with me last night, and he's like, "Yeah, I think I'm going to buy some Kobe Grinches online." And I just lost it. I'm like, "Dude, you just been hitting me up all week for money, and now you're going to try and drop that number on on Kobe Grinches." You're not even on a team this summer for basketball. Yeah, but I might play pickup. So whatever, uh, Elijah, consider yourself uh, more reasonable with the request than than, than my 14 year old Sharpie. We, I got I got to send I got to send Junior to to, to Uncle Gary's uh, agi- speed and agility camp. We we've got a 40 time in the Schmidt house. That, that is no good, and you know who his dad is. So if I'm saying the 40 times no good, my my goodness. He had training well, and testing this week. Well, we got the sun is up, so the uh, sun dial is working to, uh, to work on our 40s. <laughs> uh, my 40 is, is what I'll buy at the gas station, though. That's the difference. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Sharpie, be good, bud. That was fun, and, and thanks for jumping in. Hey, have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy, uh, which should be a fantastic atmosphere tonight for the rest of our Absolutely. Gary Sharp with us, the Iron Horse. Thanks to him. Uh, good to get caught up with him. Now, it, it's it, it's it's never failing. He's like, 
Hands out. Hands out. I love him. He's great. Good kid. But man. <laughs> so. See, but that, that's, that's just the only child problem. Right. It's just that he's like, you don't have any other kids to take care of. You better take care of me. The hands yeah. out. <laughs> well, don't don't ask for money and then say, I, I want to go drop 500, 600 bucks on Kobe Grinch. It's like, where the hell's your money at? Where's your kilo? See, my problem with that is if you're dropping 500, 600 dollars in a pair of basketball insane. shoes, don't, you can't go play basketball on those. No, you got to you gotta turn and burn them. You got to resell them. No, I was going to say, you got to put them on a shelf and like brush them every single day it's and like, keep them clean. It's like Cameron's Ferrari and Ferris Bueller. You just look at it. <laughs> exactly. So, well, well, do you have a decision yet? Are you going or not? Got to text the friends from, from the wedding last night to see. It's I'm leaning towards no if we're talking 200 bucks a ticket. Like, I, I can just watch it here in Lincoln and have a good time, but I want to go really bad. Yeah. You, you the, know, the problem is I, I got to come back in and work at 3.30 tomorrow, so that, that complicates things. Yeah, dude, that's, that's rough. Do you find a fill-in for tomorrow? Probably not, but I, I can handle it. I can drive back. Mm-hmm. All right, talk to you on Monday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. See ya.